When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I'm the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And we are joined today for What a Girl Wants with the true cute one, fashion editor, it girl, and breakout star of Summer House, Gabby Prescott. Hi. Hey. Hi, guys. We are so excited to have you. I'm so excited to do this. I did my homework. I watched the movie today. It's so fresh in my mind. We love to hear We it. had your sister on the podcast, like, right when we first started out, back when we were a Mary Kate and Ashley podcast, and we fully traumatized her. And I think we traumatized her so badly that you actually have Bravo PR joining you today on this call. I think for your safety, I'm going to the blind. She had not given me a heads up. At all. She probably went to therapy and had it like removed from her brain because, like Chelsea said, that's when we were a Mary Kate and Ashley podcast. So we asked her to come on for a fashion episode, and she probably thought. She was going to talk fashion, but no, we were talking about Mary-Kate and Ashley singing songs about fashion, so I think there <laughs> there was a little disconnect It was there. 30 minutes of us being like, Mary-Kate or Ashley, whichever one that one was, because we famously can't tell them apart. But I think that that's perfect, because when we were growing up, Mary-Kate and Ashley were like it for us. Like, we single-handedly, I think, backed them so that they could start the row, which makes me so <laughs> mad that they now try to sell me a $40,000 handbag. I'm like, I bought your books, <laughs> Mary Kay and Ashley, if you're listening. I should get, like, some kind of, like, royalty grandfathered-in discount there. Imagine if they were big listeners. They tune in every week to hear about Donnie, like, bleaching his asshole with a crest white strip. They just can't get enough of us. Oh, God. So, cuties listening, we've done it. Donnie Appreciation Month has finally come to a close. It is airy season. It is April. We made it. We did it. I once again feel like Carol Radziwill at the end of that New York City marathon. Like, I finished, but at what cost? How are you holding up, Donnie? How's the post-birthday come down? I already had a breakdown about it. I hate airy season because it means that Donnie Appreciation Month is over. 11 months to go. Darn. <laughs> I have a calendar started etching out already. <laughs> In your blood. So, Gabby, you are the resident astrology girly on Summer House. So I want to know, which do you consider to be worse, a Pisces man or a Gemini woman asking for two friends? I mean, I don't know that many Pisces men who love Gemini women. Like, I have so many of them who are my friends. So... Gemini women are like for me. Wow. Uh, this post Donnie Appreciation Month <laughs> episode is really everything's coming up, Chelsea. <laughs> so let's jump into this movie before Donnie jumps off a bridge. So this movie premiered April 4th, 2003, making this its 20 year anniversary. Ew. Disgusting. There are some movies that feel like they're as old as they are. This does not. But then I looked <laughs> at a lot of the 
fashion choices. And then I was like, this absolutely is 20 years old. One thousand. Sometimes the movies we cover, it's like weirdly on trend still. And this movie is just so 2003. Those pants were just so very low in every scene. I do plan, well, I'll talk about it more in detail when we get to him, but I do plan on bringing back everything that Ian wore in this movie. So get ready for that. (laughs) Donnie's going to show up with like a spiked wig. I was literally just saying the hair included. (laughs) Well, that's why I'm bald. If I can't wear my hair like that, I'm not wearing hair at all. (laughs) It was very adjacent to the hairstyle that was just like the single flip in the front. Yes. That would sometimes be bleached. Yes, the frosted one. And all of them were hard and crunchy, by the way. Don't go near a candle or that's it. (laughs) So April 4th, 2003 was a Friday. Into Club by... 50 Cent was at the top of the charts. Phone Booth, A Man Apart, (sighs) and this movie were the top three spots of the box office. And the U.S. forced siege on Saddam International Airport outside of Baghdad. So, Brittany from PR, are you cool with if Gabby gets into the nitty gritty of the Iraq war? So, this movie was also Amanda Bynes' first breakout role following Big Fat Liar. And we say this every time we cover an Amanda movie, but she is a star. And obviously, she has been back in the headlines lately, but just like a general disclaimer and reminder at the top of the episode, we at I Am the Cute One our day one Amanda stands and we are always and forever rooting for her. Love her so much. She does no wrong in my book. No, ever. she's perfect. I saw when you were watching the movie you post in your stories that She's the Man is her best work and I hands down agree. The best that I've ever seen her. Yes. It is superb. The fact that like if when I laugh out loud at something like it takes a lot to get me to like actually be like <laughs> consistently in that movie was just LOLs all over the place. And I am going to say something a little controversial. And this is not Amanda Bynes slander at all. This is what a girl wants slander. But not even slander. It's just stone cold facts. This, I think, is her weakest movie. And I think that she's better than this. You could take any girly of the time and plop her in this movie. And it wouldn't change it at all. Like you could put Lindsay Lohan in this, Mandy Moore, Hilary Duff, whatever. And I think Amanda deserves movies like She's the Man, where she can truly showcase her comedic chop. It was her first one, right? She was in the competition with everybody else. So this was her first big blockbuster that was by herself. Yeah. So she could get She's the Man later. That's true. I didn't look at it like that. And there were big names in this movie with her, too. For it to be her breakout role, like, that's huge, too. Huge. So before we jump in, just a quick sensible plug for the uncut, unedited and unhinged versions of our current shows head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one. There was just a behind the scenes moment of lights flickering and ghosts. So tune in there. Yeah, we brought out the CGI this week. So So Donnie, do you have any background info or trivia for us this week? I do, in fact. So it was directed by Denny Gordon, who also, to throw it back to Mary-Kate and Ashley, also directed New York Minute. So that's fun. And directed a lot of TV, including two episodes of The Office and one of 30 Rock. It was written by Jenny Bix, who also wrote 16 episodes of Sex and the City, and is the showrunner of Welcome to Flatch. And this was exciting. Co-wrote The Greatest Showman with Bill Condon, who was the writer of Dreamgirls. Wow. That's range. I know. Truly. And it was based on a 1955 Broadway play. Chelsea, you'll be happy to know that. Mm-hmm. Called The Reluctant Debutante. So that's fun. The budget 
let's talk about the budget. It was $25 million to make, and it only made $51 million worldwide. Wow. I know. But still the top of the charts opening weekend, I guess... Well, it is possible I misread it. It was me doing the research this week, so God knows. I'm like, oh, it was number three. It was like number 333. <laughs> yeah, it was like, this was the worst performing movie in all history. And Chelsea's like, it was number three in the chat. That's the beauty of having a platform, though. I could just say things and oh. make absolutely. them true. Oh, yes, absolutely. I love when we get fake news, because half the time we believe it ourselves. Yeah. It's not us spreading fake news on purpose. Yeah, it's like that summer that I told everybody that hairless cats were actually dogs. I believed it. Just like that. (laughs) And this is the kind of stuff your sister should have warned you about, Gabby. The movie won Amanda Bynes the 2004 Kids' Choice Award for Best Actress. However, I'm going to say something controversial yet again, and I really promise I love Amanda Bynes, but she was nominated against Halle Berry as Storm in X-Men, Cameron Diaz in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, and Queen Latifah in Bringing Down the House. I think Amanda should have come in last place for that Kids' Choice Award. Um, And it has nothing to do with Amanda Bynes. It has to do with the movies and roles selected here. If you put, I see your mouth open, Chelsea, and that's why I'm speaking fast, so you can't (laughs) cut me off. If you would have taken Amanda Bynes in She's the Man, yes, give her that award. But in this movie, she should be number four. (laughs) I am sorry. Halle Berry as Storm? No. What happens when a frog is electrocuted by lightning? The same thing as everything else. Like, just no. But (laughs) That's because Donnie says it a hundred times a year. But can you quote anything from this movie that we are recapping today? Because you just quoted Halle Berry perfectly. Yeah, right off the tip of the tongue, too. (laughs) But I think that has more to do with what you think about this movie and less to do with this movie. I also will say that if it was like a People's Choice Awards, I think that the other people would have won. But because it was specifically kids, like we knew, the kids knew Amanda Bynes. Like our parents were going to let us go see she's, or not she's Amanda, oh, sure. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But like, were we allowed to go see Charlie's Angels or like bringing down the house? You know, we could maybe sneak into that one after we saw whatever it wants. But. That's true. For the Kids' Choice Awards, she yeah. is the only kid nominated. So it does make sense, I guess. There was an aspirational <laughs> element to this movie when it came out because we had all grown up with her on The Amanda Show. And now she is wearing those low-rise jeans. She has a Prince-adjacent father. She's going to hook up with the boy with the spiky hair. Like, that's everything I wanted in 2003. 100%. All the dreams. Because also, this was the <laughs> same era as, like, to bring it back to MK and A. Winning London, Passport to Paris. We are thinking like, oh, we're going international vacation. We're going to find a boyfriend. We're going to like stay in these chateaus and like English countryside manners. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that yeah. to happen to me. It's just, you know, maybe timing <laughs> is off. So there's only one tagline for this movie. So Gabby, what we do is play Fuck, Mary Kill. But since there's only one tagline, you just have to pick one of those three things to do to it. So Great. the tagline is trying to fit in. Born to stand out. I'm fucking it. I think it's great. I was going to fuck it too. Do I need to kill it? No. I think it's a nice sentiment, but am I going to marry it for the rest of my life? Yeah, it's a nice one night stand, especially given some of the taglines that come through this podcast. It's not the worst by far. No, you like sneak no. in the morning after. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, it's international. So it has that little bit of flair to it too. Yeah, it's with an accent. <laughs> exactly. 
I have a little bit of trivia that's really fun. So, <laughs> second time we're talking about the Iraq War today. Fun! That is a fun <laughs> bit of trivia. The movie opened during the war with Iraq, and the original artwork for the poster showed Amanda Bynes giving the peace sign, but Warner Brothers airbrushed it out because they didn't want it to look like war protest propaganda. <laughs> Imagine that's how the studio wow. was like slipping in war protest propaganda. <laughs> Put it in the movie about the <laughs> monarchy, you know please. That the studios are run by like old white men who benefit from war. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Heaven forbid we have Amanda Bynes giving a peace sign. <laughs> that's gonna the uh, and that's all I got. So before we make Gabby give a one-minute synopsis of this fine film, what character, if any, do you identify as? You know what? I'm going to say the mean sister. Oh. <laughs> Hear me out. Okay. I was grandfathered into this, right? Because my mom and my grandfather are like working behind the scenes. I'm just like here to benefit from it. Mm-hmm. If someone then came in trying to take my spot, I would be furious. Furious. And I would also subsequently try to sabotage the shit out of them and make sure that they were never going to be around again. Just saying. Spoken like a true reality star right there. (laughs) No, but you do have a point. I didn't look at it like that. She really had her life set up for her because of the work her mom and grandfather put in. And Amanda Bynes just frolics across the pond and Knocks it all And she's out. like fucking the tradition and she's like, okay, wait, hold on. Like, I've been here for a minute. I deserve this. And like, she kind of does, right? I mean, she's not <laughs> the blood sister, but I'm just saying. And maybe that's like the all girls school, like fight or flight in me. I'm like, I'm fighting this like, for <laughs> sure. We're not going down without some scratches on your face, right? Well, I did like her approach She actually would thrive on reality TV for her to be like, come on in here. Let me show you what I'm wearing to this event so you can get a general idea. Like that is masterful and evil. I actually thought that she was going to lend her the Gucci skirt because like that's what I would have done. I've been like, oh my God, you take it. Like I'm going to wear something else. I'll figure it out. I guarantee that you're going to look insane. (laughs) But like she did lose it a little bit, which that I kind of lost respect for her. Play the end game. You started off strong. Don't lose the strategy. Don't deviate because we're swerving. I agree. Once you pick your plan, you need to go to the end. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And I'm going to talk a lot of shit about Daphne later, so you're just teeing me up, really. (laughs) Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash one. See you there. I relate to the frumpy twins, Peach and Pumpernickel, or whatever their names are. I think I think that once I'm given permission to stand out and be the center of attention, I really am great at it. But until I get those reins, I do blend into the corner in my, like, wedding dress. So you're, like, already dressed and ready. Exactly, yeah. I wear the wedding dress knowing I'm going to be the center of attention eventually. But then when someone makes the point to say, oh, my God, this girl's in a wedding dress at this ball, then I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh, you're right. This all Now thing. let's celebrate my birthday for 31 straight days. <laughs> I personally really resonated with the tiny little angry dog who bit someone's <laughs> balls off, but is like still obsessed with Amanda Bynes. I really, at a spiritual level, feel like I connected with that little whippersnapper. Wow, that's iconic and amazing. <laughs> so we have reached the time. Gabby, we're going to put one minute on the clock and do your best to break down all of this super dense, complicated plot. <laughs> Take it away whenever you're ready. Okay. We open with Amanda Bynes and her mom living in Chinatown. 
the set of Chinatown looks like it's straight up from Games of New York. <laughs> it's her birthday. She's celebrating her birthday. She's never met her dad before. It turns out her mom and her dad had met before in Morocco, previously got married, had a love affair. He ends up being a super rich lord from London, and he has to come back, and his family is not accepting of his American wife. Turns out she was pregnant at the time, but he doesn't know that she was pregnant. So Amanda Bynes grows up in New York knowing about her father, but they have no idea about her. Her 17th birthday, she ends up getting a passport, which where did that come from? (laughs) Flies to London and decides to confront her dad, being like, I always wanted a dad. Like, hi, I'm here. Chaos ensues. It turns out that she's a huge hit in London. I guess they loved Americans at that point. Ultimately, Amanda Bynes and her father reconnect, and the parents end up together. Great work. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Let's jump in. So as a Microsoft Paint butterfly floats through the big city, we meet our protagonist, Daphne Reynolds. She calls her mom Libby, and that's all we really need to know about their relationship. Daphne is the Rory to Libby's Lorelai. They love each other a million red M&Ms. So although Daphne... Daphne has never met her dad. She knows all about her parents' fairy tale romance. In a story right out of a season of The Crown, Libby fell madly in love with Henry, aka Lord Dashwood. Unfortunately, despite a make believe wedding ceremony in Morocco, his family bullied Libby into leaving, never telling Colin Firth that she was pregnant with his royal baby. Literally all within the first three minutes, too. It was quite, quite a start to the movie. And they really set up this wedding that took place. And I was like, certainly, because it had been a while since I watched this movie. It's hard to believe, but I didn't quite remember all the plot points since 2003. And so I was like, certainly there's going to be a twist at the end that, like, he's still technically married. (laughs) But they're like, oh, no, actually, it was just like a fake wedding. They're like, oh, it actually really didn't happen. So it's fine. And it's like. That's it? <laughs> like, thanks for setting that one up. Well, I guess the writer was, like, busy doing, you know, Sex and the City episodes. <laughs> That's true. So speaking of said royal baby, Daphne is now 17 years old, going to the University of the Undecided, and is somehow simultaneously the best and worst server I have ever seen in my life. So she decides it's her turn to write her own story, so she Googles her dad, books a ticket to England, and walks through her beaded curtain and into the rest of her life. Okay, wait. I want to stop and talk about her beaded curtain for a second. (laughs) I had glow-in-the-dark beaded curtains from Spencer's when I was in high school. Thank you. I do love the idea idea of a beaded curtain and i want to bring them back in theory if bars have them i without without what do you say without fail (laughs) i failed that sentence but not at getting behind the beaded curtains at bars because i do pose like the britney spears album cover whenever Mm, i see beaded curtains at a bar but living with them is truly an experience that i didn't love it just doesn't work you can't slam your door angrily if you have your book bag on, it's like hard to get in there. <laughs> it's good for an entrance, but not an exit. Because you can enter a room dramatically. And it does make it hard to like storm out of a room. Because it would always get stuck in the door. So you try to slam your door and then you've got to like move a piece or it like yanks down. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. It's like a bad wig, you know? It's like something's always off. <laughs> Also, <laughs> since we're on the topic of her room, did you notice the photo of the little kid holding up the stomach of a sumo wrestler? What? <laughs> just randomly when she was like looking at those pictures of her dad in the back, not even a poster, just like truly a framed photo behind her. There was like a little kid looking up and holding the fat stomach of a sumo wrestler. I wonder what that photo signified to 
the upper management of Warner Brothers? Like, what message were they trying to send to the people? I have a lot of for the set designer in general, like, especially <laughs> in their apartment. I'm like, I get it. Libby's a free spirit and everything, but I'm like, this is a lot. I'd say, yeah. I'm going to talk about this more in my ages, like, blockbuster portion, but where they live in Chinatown was in a strange 2000s way, kind of presented as a punchline. Like, isn't it funny that we live around not white people? Mm. And so maybe that was just adding on to the experience that it was like sumo wrestling. How funny. Like, we might be inside, but don't forget we are in Chinatown, folks. <laughs> like, we respect our neighborhood. Gabby, be careful. You just did quotes, but if you do it slow, it looks like peace signs. Uh-oh. We're going to airbrush that out. <laughs> um, Really quick, one more thing. Not about her room, though. It is kind Kind of fucked up that she left the Home Alone 2 voice recorder note to her mom saying she was going to <laughs> England because the last conversation you had with this woman was about Swedish fish and M&Ms and now you're just like okay bye see ya maybe a conversation could have been had in between the two saying like I got a passport I bought a plane ticket yeah it was very felicity I expected the next scene for her to have like a little pixie cut well thank god she did <laughs> I would have loved if she like went to London with a whole new personality Like a whole new look, everything. And a fake accent like Madonna. She's coming back with one for sure. (laughs) Like Dorit. (laughs) (laughs) So meanwhile, her dad, Henry, is giving up his seat in the House of Lords to run for the election as a commoner, which like... How noble. It's very Nepo Babies adjacent. Now, again, people, I don't have anything against Nepo Babies. I hope that one day my daughters turn out to be some, ask, believe, receive, and so it is. But him being like... I'm a commoner now, so my upbringing doesn't count. It has the same energy as Patrick Schwarzenegger refusing parts in Arnold's movies because, like, he doesn't want handouts. It's like, baby boy, we know your dad is the Terminator. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I thought it was a a little bit of a reach. But I feel like it was done intentionally to make Colin Firth's character seem like he's more down to earth. Mm. That's who he actually is at his core. Mm. We could have gotten that without him being like, I'm going to be a politician for the people. Well, clearly he didn't want it that bad because spoiler alert, he sees Libby's mom for like one single second and is like, bye, going to America, deuces. I was like, (laughs) Meghan Markle looked at this movie in 2003 and was like, yep, that's it. (laughs) As the cuties know, I'm not smart. So I did have to pause it and rewind it and check the Wikipedia to see what was happening because I thought he was leaving the House of the Lords and running for election to be a commoner. Like, I thought the peasants had to say, like, yes, we'll take you. (laughs) I was so confused what was happening. This movie is a real thinker. <laughs> so you thought he was like a priest, like he had left the House of the Lord, and then people had to vote whether or if not. If he could join the general public. It was like yeah. American Idol. It's like, do you have what it takes to be a regular person? Actually, Brittany from PR, I hope you're taking notes. That would be an amazing <laughs> show to take Nepo babies, and then we vote which one is the most likely to be a regular person. And they have to do challenges, like going to Walmart. But yeah, that's not the plot of this movie, apparently. <laughs> and a little more trivia for you. This House of the Lords to the commoner plotline is not in the original play, but the writer of the play's brother did this, like was in the House of the Lords and then ran to not be part of the general public, ran to be mayor or whatever they have in England. Wow. 
So not only (laughs) does Henry have a new career as a budding politician, but he also has a new family, including a fiance, an evil stepdaughter, and a future father-in-law who looks exactly like if Tom Felton hopped into a time machine aged 30 years and grew a goatee. Speaking of Nepo babies, I thought that there had to be some relation because it is literally Draco Malfoy's exact face. You know I'm face blind, so for me to recognize it, it is startling. Now, no, Jonathan Price, who is this actor, I googled it, not related, but there were several tweets from people saying that they look like long-lost generational twins. So I'm not alone. I'm not a Potter girly, as you know, but I thought the same thing. In fact... I really am dumb because at first I thought it was him in makeup. And then I was like, no, he was about eight years old. <laughs> he was in Harry Potter at the time as like an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> Donnie had to Google the plot because he's like, when is Dumbledore coming in? When does the magic start? I told you, I'm in the middle of a breakdown that my birthday month is over. So my brain is just oh, gravy. You can get away point. with that one for, right now. But. More things that your sister could have warned you about, Gabby. <laughs> Anywho. So Daphne wants to make a good impression. So she does what any normal person would do. She Climbs a wall, hops a fence, and crashes right into old daddy-o. Wait, and- so during the blizzard of 93, I tried to go into my backyard, but the snow was so high on the fence that I couldn't open the gate. So then I climbed up the snowbank, but because it was, like, not shoveled snow, it was fresh snow, it collapsed when I was halfway <gasps> over the fence. So, <laughs> first of all, it did land where that dog ate that thing from that man it did (laughs) land right there so it hurt very much but then i couldn't get down (laughs) so so then i just sat on top of the fence with my legs in between both sides halfway in the front yard halfway in the backyard just screaming for my parents to help get me (laughs) (laughs) and that's where my mind went when i saw amanda bynes climb this wall well, good thing she doesn't have testicles. Thank you for sharing, Donnie. That was really important. I am happy. Thank you for sharing that because that's a deep trauma, actually. So Thank you. It's brave. <laughs> Did you have any other ball stories you want to tell before I continue? Not yet. Oh, God. <laughs> Daphne wastes literally no time getting down to business. To paraphrase Maury, you are the father. Like, what was the plan here? It did work out, but surely there was a better way of tackling I agree. This. And I also feel like you had at least five hours on that flight to like prep and be like, how am I going to approach this? And that's like how it came out. Well, ma'am, <laughs> like you've been waiting your whole life for this. And this is how it happens. Right. She's like, I think about this every day of every year of every birthday. And it's like, so you haven't like planned of like, maybe I could write a letter. Maybe I could give a courtesy call. No, I'm going to hop a fence. I would have just done it in public, not on his private property. Like in the middle of a speech, I think I would have handed it to him. See, I feel like that would have been received pretty poorly, though. Probably. They would have been like, she's here to ruin your life. And that would maybe be like, if you didn't want a relationship with your dad, you're like, let me just go nuclear and like ruin his life. Then great. But I don't know if that was her motive. I don't know if you got that on the Wikipedia googling you were doing of the plot but she did also seem like weirdly surprised that he was like caught off guard like she literally at one point goes like maybe i should go this is obviously a big shock for you it's like no shit how would you think that this would be received any other way because you knew that he didn't know about you you knew that so what yeah and there had to have been people she could have contacted ahead of time because like the grandma 
wears a bomber jacket around the house, for God's sake. So, like, these aren't people that are locked up in this castle at all times. They are down to earth. They know. Or at least, like, she could have done some Googling of him or asked Jeeves and maybe at that point. I just feel like this girl's internal monologue was kind of crickets. I think she's a go-with-your-gut type of gal and, the, you know, game-recognized game, but that's not always the best solution. Sometimes we do want to maybe have just a couple neurons rubbed together for a single thought or two. But I did ask our cuties for their most wild family drama or mm. – finding out about secret family members, et cetera. Okay, first of all, 23andMe, more like 23 and oops, you're not my daddy. Am I right? <gasps> because so much genetic testing gone wrong. For example, this next little ditty. My mom called my siblings and I together to discuss a family secret. We all knew that it was my sister having a different father. My sister had been on a 23andMe journey. What we weren't expecting is that she told me that I also have a different father. My dad has no clue he's not my biological <gasps> father to this day. Still processing. <laughs> but she wanted her story read on a public platform well, but that's fine you didn't well, give and your also like <laughs> i would be pissed that i would have to keep that secret i know from my dad that's so rude yeah i mean i need to know ages too because that does play a huge factor in this but if they're young hiding that and repressing that is going to manifest in a crazy way when they're older i watch a lot of soap operas and that will come out probably on a public i mean it's here <laughs> this could be played at the wedding of someone oh no cancel clear <laughs> But no, stories like this are why we need daytime TV back that means something. Like, Ricky like Doorbell would be perfect. Oh, my that. God. So good. <laughs> Next one. My paternal grandma shot her third husband twice, grazed his ear and his arm, but ended up marrying him again after that incident. They divorced and married two more times. Then I ended up making out with said shot ex-husband's son one drunken night out. No relation. Wait, so. <laughs> yeah, you figure it out, Gabby, and you let me Johnny's know. Johnny's Googling right now. <laughs> well, first, I forgot what the prompt was, and I thought she learned this from a 23andMe. And I was like, <laughs> how? Well, it is important to note. So before I got married, we got married in the South, and so we literally had to sign something saying that we weren't related, but we didn't have to provide proof. But we had to say, like, we know we're not related. My grandma is super into genealogy, and two days before our wedding, she came to me and she was like, I'm pretty sure our families aren't related. And I was like, well, thanks, Grandma. Like, glad we got that one out of the way. Like, would you have come to me and said two days before the wedding, oh, I think you guys are like long, long, long lost cousins? <laughs> and I think she would have. She should have. What do you do at that point? Like 10 generations removed? We're all related. <laughs> We're all God's creatures, Donnie. I'm not related to you. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Cuties, as you know, I'm almost a year into therapy and I've learned a lot about myself. Most recently, it's been about how I need to set boundaries. While it may be easy, it's certainly an old habit to let people treat me the way I've allowed them to treat me for my whole life. There comes a time when you have to say, okay, that's enough. Let's rethink this. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Like I said, after a lifetime of being treated one way, it's tough to change behaviors. But growth won't happen unless you're planting seeds. I know this isn't a gardening podcast, but follow my metaphor. 
Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding, because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with the licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I'm in individual therapy and couples counseling once a week each, and they truly, truly are the highlight of my week. I cannot tell you enough how much I look forward to each of these sessions. And yes, I do cry every week in my sessions, and I love to cry, but even on weeks when I don't cry, there is just nothing better than checking in with yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash cute one today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash cute one. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. I've gotten to this um, weird side of TikTok where it's like family drama like this, and it's a lot of best friends dating dads, <sighs> and now they're married, and like that's the stepmom. I, I, like, listen, I don't have it in me personally to do that, but like, these people are doing this in like real life and it is wild. If you're interested in like a 4am scroll, it's 
good. Well, now uh, you've said it, so my phone is listening. So I'll be on that side of TikTok in no time. Can't wait. See, that's the stuff I live for. I'm actually excited <laughs> that my NSA agent has heard that now because because Donnie and I are covering Glee over on the Patreon. My TikTok right now is all like Glee talk, and I'm like, I cannot get away from this fucking Mr. Shoe. Like, oh, <laughs> this gremlin man. <laughs> little weenie. Anywho, <laughs> Daphne has a birth certificate, a photograph, and her father's eyes. So Henry immediately believes her. But as is tradition in early 2000s movies, we are now supposed to think that this fiance is the villain because she's the only one with enough sense to be like, hey, honey, so let's get a paternity test for this random American teenager who happened to show up the week you announced your political campaign claiming to be your daughter. Like justice for this fiance. She did some fucked up things later, but this was not one of them. If someone just shows up being like, I'm related to you and you're rich, I'm like, no, 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 we're going to check this because it never happened. They never, ever were like, let's verify this. He does confirm her existence with her mom. But like, what's to say this woman's not in on it? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) getting back to the fiance, he also later like completely changes his personality, his priorities, and she's supposed to be the crazy one. Like if I came home and my husband was wearing leather pants, I would be concerned. hundred percent. I would be like, we're going to therapy right now. Like whatever you're working through, we need to talk about it. I don't know if I can say justice for Glennis or whatever her name was, but (laughs) I will say Libby is the real villain here because this is a wealthy man at the very least. And you live on a fifth floor walk up at the very least child support. Like something. So Daphne is added to Henry's political plan. He will claim he's known about her all along. She will attend campaign events and stay in their big ass Royal house. And this is, I did have passport to Paris vibes because we haven't seen digs this luxurious since the Olsen (laughs) twins made it to France. I was waiting for her to plop up that sumo wrestler picture in there. (laughs) Kisses it. Good (laughs) night. But Daphne's entrance into high society isn't as smooth as previously planned because she goes to her first event late. She ends up busting through a back door, showing up on the runway, throwing off her Samuel L. Jackson hat and making her grand entrance into high society with a faceplant off of the stage. She kind of killed it until she fell off. She did. She was doing really well, actually. I was here for it because I think she could have pulled it off. When we covered The Princess Diaries, we talked about how the princess of Genovia is truly cavewoman adjacent, but Daphne might give Mia a run for her money in terms of just giving no fucks and not reading... nary a social cue because when she's not grabbing dogs without asking from people's arms she's slugging milk from the carton breaking bathtubs barging into rooms without knocking and finding herself in her first public scandal after breaking an important chandelier and nearly inciting a riot via james brown first of all whenever i hear this james brown song i think of the final scene in harry the spy when they're all just like vegetables (laughs) but i just don't understand why girls in these movies are this clueless like if i be came rich overnight i'm sure i would use the wrong spoon occasionally or like open up a crab wrong i don't know but daphne doesn't know how to use a bathtub i'm like immediately just turn off the water (laughs) right i don't get it but there is no denying she's talented because just with one single pair of scissors she's able to transform a frumpy ball gown into a one-shouldered prom dress like right out of a deb catalog yeah two slits It was not even the same color. I was like, wow, no thread, no needle, just scissors. 
Wow. With a $25 million budget, I think it might have been from a Deb catalog, actually. <laughs> but that cover-up she had on, I really did like. I love that. It made her look a little bit like the Megan doll, but I still loved it. <laughs> but Daphne is the Cinderella of the story, and she won't be bullied by her evil stepsister. And soon, she begins winning over important members of society, making friends with identical twins, Peach and Pear, or Parsnip, or whatever Donnie called them, and <laughs> catching the eye of her stepsister's love interest and giant douche canoe, Armiston. The worst. He would participate in the purge. That is a man that is, like, down with the He's purge. He's kind of, like... British white supremacist group. A hundred percent. That's where he is now. Yeah. yeah. In 2023, <laughs> there's a deep dive on his Twitter. And he's not getting in trouble because, you know, high society and such, but people know about it. <laughs> there's a Reddit thread about him somewhere. But Daphne has her eyes on Ian, the hunky receptionist slash musician slash ballet slash man of the people. His mom married for love, not status. And he's also the British version of the middle brother in <laughs> Malcolm in the Middle, not Malcolm, the other one. Same face. Same face. Reese? Was that his name? Yes. Yeah. Not Dewey. Not the one at military (laughs) school. Yeah. Reese. Same face. I feel like Donnie Appreciation Month getting through that has cured my face blindness. Now I'm just making connections everywhere. You're welcome. I'll send you the bill. However, I would be all <laughs> I would be all for Ian. First of all, when he sang that song at the ball, I would have threw my panties on stage. <laughs> Second, I did dress exactly like him when I was in high school and college. Like the motorcycle jacket, had it. The layered t-shirt and waffles underneath, had it. I dressed like Ian. But Ian aside, I do want to say when Daphne told off the stepsister and said like, you're a designer, I'm vintage, you're a castle, I'm fifth floor, walk up. She's better than me because I would have said, bitch, you've got one more time to cross me or I'll fuck your man. <laughs> there was <laughs> no reason for the stepsister. I mean, we talked about the reason the stepsister did act that way, but like enough is enough. I know. She lost the plot though. That's the problem. We can't stand behind that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And she made her weakness known like she made Daphne know how much Amistad or whatever his name was meant to her so it would have been very easy to win exactly Daphne's a better person than I was because if that bitch was messing with me I'd be like oh I'm absolutely fucking your man (laughs) (laughs) not because I like him just because I can and it will get under your skin yes that's 1000% absolutely so despite being against high society when Daphne decides it's time to become an impeccable young lady Ian serves as her Obi-Wan But it will take more than standing in a kayak to turn this American girl into a high-class broad because soon she's pushing boys into lakes and encouraging her dad to put on those old leather pants, dabble in henna, and most shocking of all, listen to music. (laughs) After all, why are you trying so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out? Which, good line, great line. 17-year-old me would follow this spiky-haired fellow to the end of the earth. But I would argue that sometimes it's less about standing out and more about just following basic social norms as to not inconvenience every person around you with your chaos. Like in the real world, (laughs) if you yank a yappy dog out of an old woman's lap without asking, you end up with a bite mark scar on your face like me. Like, sure, stand out, but also read the fucking room. Did you do that? Yeah, I have a... From grabbing a dog from an old woman? Well, not an old woman, but growing up, <laughs> we had an old crotchety cocker spaniel, and my mom was like, get out of his face, get out of his face. And I just loved that little thing so much, and he just bit half my face off. Wow. Now yeah. that's my trauma. It's no ball injury, but it's right there on my chin. I feel like Meghan Marco really did look in this movie 
And she followed it to a T. Wow, what else happened? I'm just saying, like, she, she's like, oh, I didn't know about British society. Like, I'm just going to be me. Later, Ian's going to be coming out with a book about his own ball trauma <laughs> and the frostbite on the tip of his penis. Spare. That's his extra testicle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So when Henry's poll numbers start dropping, Daphne trades in her low-rise jeans for Ann Taylor loft blouses and begins a new life of tiaras and tea parties and balls. And because the only live music this royal family has access to is just one single 18-year-old boy working 80 hours a week, Ian is hired to sing at Daphne's coming out party. And he takes this time to put her in her place and tell her that he doesn't know what happened to the real Daphne. But the bad vibes don't end there because soon Daphne learns about the plot to get rid of her mother 17 years ago, gets locked in a deserted room, and misses the all-too-important father-daughter dance. Like, deep trauma for her, obviously. obviously. Glennis was a little too aggressive pushing her in that room, I think. Like, a little snack or something as bait could have, maybe not a snack, but like something. A fishing hook with like some goldfish dangling from the end. <laughs> no, like your father wants to speak to you. Oh, <laughs> diabolical Gabby, my god. She like pushed, she could have broken her wrist. And she's yeah. a child too, so like, chill out. Right. And why did it have to happen here? She's like, we need to get rid of her right this second at her coming out party. It's like there wasn't literally any other moment before or after this event. It had to be right now. Like at this specific moment, the her event, like no one's going to notice that she's gone. <laughs> right. We're about to announce her for God's yeah. sake. And this is where Henry's such a pussy. He's like, oh, okay, I guess I have to dance with my stepdaughter then. It's like, you're not, number one, concerned. And number two, this is her party. And you clearly know the guy singing. He's been parking your cars and shining your shoes. And he's your gardener. He does every job for this family. So like, you could be like, hey, Ian, take a five minute break. Let me go find where Daphne is. Right. right. No thought. I don't think anyone in this film is thinking through things ever. No. I think that's the main issue. There's no thought process in any of these people. Yeah, they're also <laughs> all Googling the plot as they're going along. <laughs> so after dramatically ditching her tiara, Daphne proclaims that she doesn't want this life and heads back to the good old US of A. <laughs> and with his daughter gone... Henry doesn't give a flying fart in space about his political career. He punches old Tom Felton, dumps his fiance, and crashes a random American wedding to finally get that father-daughter dance with Daphne. And in his first act as a responsible father, he presents his teenage daughter with her long-distance fuck buddy, Ian. He's traveled over the <laughs> pond and is ready to take her to pound town. And speaking of pound town, Daphne's parents start making out and everyone lives happily ever after i need to say something <laughs> i would lose my shit if i was the bride at the wedding mm -hmm. at the end and i would demand on the spot that i i would take this microphone from the singer and say i want my full money back because the wedding singer stopped singing then the caterer stole my first <laughs> dance and then the wedding singer and the caterer make out with boys on the dance floor <laughs> yeah. like this is not happening that's a good point yeah. actually i didn't think about that but i would be so mad be like i'm sorry you all have we all have jobs to do and my job as the bride is to be the center of attention you guys are meant to do everything else to make me look better so right let's yeah. loop it back to the beginning if i'm in a wedding dress it means <laughs> that i'm here to be the center of attention i also will say just like leading it back to this inappropriate relationship that is co-signed by both parents how is this okay number one also when i was yeah. 17 years old there was no way i was getting away with any of this the fact that my dad who i just met 
who had a severe problem with me meeting this guy and hanging out with him in London is now right. going to bring him over and be like, here you go. Here's a peace offering. <laughs> Penis for my underage daughter. <laughs> Final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to be? Ooh, I would love a sequel, actually. What would it be? Keep Colin Firth. He ages like a fine wine. <laughs> Amanda Bynes, there's no one like her. You know what I mean? I All the young actresses now are like too serious. It's like, I'm not going to cast like the Last of Us girl in this. That would be crazy. Oh. <laughs> Is that who you cast we'll on? Wait, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. Her and Colin Firth, it's like Oscar worthy then. We're trying to keep True. it strictly mid level, $25 million budget. Okay. I mean, I don't know who that would be. Maybe me. <laughs> Love that. We need you as the evil stepsister. Oh, yeah. Actually, yes. That's very true. (laughs) So, oh, my God. Who am I going to be mean enough to to try to take down? Well, if you want to get revenge on your sister for not telling you about this podcast, just cast her as Amanda. That's true. But I feel like that she's going to get back at me, too. I don't want to. I sleep with one eye open. (laughs) Well, we've made it this far without Brittany from PR kicking us off. So just put your nemesis on Summer House. Give us some spoilers. <laughs> Whose life are you going to ruin? Whose life am I going to uh. ruin? Oh, my God. What if it was a role reversal and I cast Chris and it's a son and not a daughter? I just don't like him, period. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not just take him down. I'd watch the shit out of that. I have a feeling I might be watching that just in a few weeks. I said also just do a sequel. Let's do it in present day. Let's wait until Amanda is healthy and ready. This can be her comeback. Same cast. Let's have it where because Henry has already given up his seat in the House of Lords, he's not able to be an heir, but now they need one. And so enter Daphne. She has to learn how to like be royalty now. I love the idea of it. And somehow his mom is still alive. And so she's like 104. Yeah, she's (laughs) stepping down. She's like, I want to spend more time shooting guns. I don't want to have to rule anymore. Yeah, and because she's so well taken care of, she is able to age. I feel like everyone in the royal family like lives to be like 106. Like they're just, they're old. (laughs) I said it would be fun if we reversed the plot. So it's a member of the royal family finding out her real father is an indie rock musician (laughs) in a fifth floor walk up. And for whatever reason, she still wants to meet him. So the queen or whatever is Adele. Naturally. (laughs) The daughter is the actress from The Last (laughs) of Us. And then the rock musician in America, I couldn't find a rock musician or actor that I thought would pair well with Adele, so I stopped trying. Tom Sandoval. Taylor Hansen. (laughs) Okay. So that really paints a picture of Donnie's indie rock scene that he knows so much about that he's like, ah, yes. Couldn't think of one. Taylor Hansen. Yeah, he seemed like he'd wear a small scarf. (laughs) You know, like a skinny scarf. Love that. (laughs) That was my vision. Listen, I believe it. Well, final, final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster? Con Firth. Ages like fine wine. Again, keep him in everything. So good. What aged like blockbuster? Ian's hair. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What is his name? Aristotle, Aristotle, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that His guy. racist ass comments. He said mixed race mongrel. I was like, this was written <laughs> into the script. Yeah. In such a fluffy film that they didn't dare have Amanda Bynes give a peace sign. Like, because that was going to be too controversial. Right. Like, Gabby, we find ourselves in this water often in the early 2000s where it's like, if they're trying to portray how bad someone is, they go there, but it's also like blatant disregard for anybody who might be watching the film as well. Right. Like, cool. it's insane. Yeah. And what other thing that did age well, which I think 
more films need to have if they're going to be in this kind of like arena. Two, not one, but two shopping makeover scenes. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I loved. I was like, we get to do this again at the same spot because like they were literally at the same market. Like she had never been there before. <laughs> that twenty-five million dollar budget. They're like, all right, let's change out the vendors. Yeah, I said. Just a lot of what Daphne did didn't necessarily age well. One thing that was just a personal bugaboo for me is she just does not respect body boundaries. Multiple people, multiple times were like, please don't hug me. I don't do hugs. And she doesn't listen. I'm somebody, don't fucking hug me. If I don't know you, don't hug me. And then her living in Chinatown was treated kind of like a punchline. Like it was really in your face in a way I think that was meant to be funny. Yeah. In terms of what aged well, one last dig at this movie before we go. <laughs> Nothing for me. I think it's just all kind of there. No. Like, it, okay. <laughs> this in particular wasn't like a standout film in my formative years. If I'm thinking of that, I'm like, it's not a Freaky Friday equivalent. Like that is like cemented in my brain. I think sometimes we cover movies. I think this is one that if you don't have the tie to nostalgia, if you were to watch this for the first time, we'd be like, okay. <laughs> what <Yeah>. the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Gabby, for coming on. And if for whatever reason somebody's living under a rock, tell them where they can watch you. And now that we've made it to the end and Brittany from PR can't yell at us, maybe just spoil the rest of the season. Give us all the things you can't talk about. I mean, I don't even know. We're on episode six, which is only still like five weekends or four weekends into the summer. So we are just getting started with this. And so, I mean, I would just say buckle up, but watch it Mondays at nine on Bravo and then streaming next day on Peacock. Did I get that right, Brittany? I think so. I can't. I haven't done this enough. Yes. So, okay, great. Did you hear that, cuties? That's Brittany. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't done this enough to know if I did it right, but that's where you can find it or on demand. You and Sam have breathed life into this show. So I'm very excited to see what happens next. So next week, we are covering Simply Irresistible, which I've never seen. Oh, Christ. <laughs> it's Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh, Get ready. A little bit nasally. <laughs> like there needs to be a deviated septum <laughs> surgery or a CPAP machine, something. Something there to clear it out. Maybe a neti pot. <laughs> right. Anywho, we can talk about all this next week. Simply Irresistible coming soon. Thank you again, Gabby. And we will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.